0: That was a 2006 C230 uh, with a six-speed manual that my what? dad pulled up in. Uh, That's, they had
1: manuals in those?
0: Yeah, I owned a manual when I was in college.
1: That's
0: after, legendary. after I blew up the head on my E46, that 330CI, the black one, I ended oh, up yeah. getting a 230,000-mile C230 with a six-speed, and I beat the living hell out of that thing had to get the reliable mercedes huh pretty much i ended up selling that thing for like 3200 bucks to this like 40 year old who hadn't driven a stick shift and i don't know like he he told me it was like five years since the last time he had driven a stick and he was just riding the clutch i was like you better buy this thing dude and he ended up taking it made like two grand on the thing
1: kangaroo juice huh
0: that was the one where you had to actually you hiked back to your house remember
1: why, because we broke down.
0: No, we were at the mud pit at that middle school, and then that that guy Kyle. I can't. Uh, yeah, oh Kyle. My god, he came that's a, the
1: car. Yeah, that was the same car. Oh my god!
0: We what the fuck? That was bad for that car. Yeah, I power washed the entire thing and then sold it like two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All
0: right. Well. Welcome to the Overdrive Podcast. My name is Ahmad Al Jamal,
1: aka Habibi, and I'm Hayden.
0: And uh, this is this is essentially uh, you know, this is our pilot episode. We're gonna be, you know, just talking about cars, trucks, new, old, you know, anything relevant to the motorsport community, and uh, kind of just kick back, relax, and have a good time, drink some beers, and and just talk cars
1: basically we're recording our conversations we'd normally have over a pint.
0: exactly so that that Mercedes little snippet that we were just talking about that was already recorded so we could honestly just throw that in I wouldn't mind that
1: oh yeah no that was great that was funny (laughs) we have to get I swore in it though we got to get the rev limiter in there
0: dude I'm saying honestly once you get that, once you get that sound clip from uh, from your shop, we could start throwing that in for all the cuss words that we end up saying. We're trying to get monetized, trying to be professional.
1: Wait, dude, I already have a sound clip from the van when I put cutouts on it.
0: Oh, the burnout van! You got to tell the channel about this.
1: Oh yeah, I got to tell them about where I work and everything. But um, that's a good sound clip. It's it made my ears hurt.
0: <laughs> dude, like, what do you think? Decibels, dude. Like. 120 or something
1: i i i I wish did you can your phone read those that would be cool if you could get an app for that
0: i think they do have apps for it but i've never downloaded one or anything
1: I I i always just go off here the loudest possible
0: oh look at this i just got a text message of four by two 2009 jeep wrangler unlimited sport x with base model wheels with wheel weights all around them (laughs)
1: Trying to stop death
0: wobble. $11,500 with 117,000 miles on it. No, thank you.
1: It's two wheel drive.
0: That's what I'm saying. What are you going to do? Take it to the mall? I mean, most people already do that. I've seen the dude
1: in Old Town Scottsdale on like 24 by 12s in a two wheel drive Sahara JK lifted like lifted so high you could see his fake front axle and he's just blasting music with the doors off in his tank top it was like the most disgusting thing i've ever seen
0: it's scottsdale right now the area same thing honestly
1: it's like you get all the dudes from 24 hour fitness and then you give them bars that play techno to go to oh
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah dude i am not about this there was a that 2012 rubicon though i'm still trying to get that next week
1: yeah that had the perfect options on it no leather you don't need leather in the jeep okay all it does is make you cold in the winter then you don't need power windows if you could touch the other door and you don't need an auto because it's a jeep and you need lockers because it's a jeep you don't need two more doors because you only want to take one friend
0: this is all true Yeah, this thing was honestly like a great spec. I mean, I want to get the freedom top for it if I end up picking this thing up, but I mean,
1: take the top off.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's summer's coming right around the corner. I mean, we're already having like 80 plus degree weather. So like, there's no need for it. Right. Um, The previous owner stripped the thing down completely, though. It's got like no interior. um, What do you call them? The the trim pieces like they're all gone completely. Got carpet. No, no carpet. That's why. Well, I mean, I just figured that the guy, you know, wheeled the absolute piss out of it and, you know, just drove it when he wanted to have fun. Like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel why
1: like he, took the out and he was like, oh, he probably was like fifty years old, used to own a YJ, and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get back into Jeeps."
0: Yeah, he probably just towed it, like flat towed it behind his motorhome every time he went up to Tahoe and just did the Ruby and, like, you know, had a good time. I mean, that's why it's only got seventy three thousand miles on it and it's a twenty twelve.
1: Hey, so if you're in a so, so if you're in a, a fancy modern car with an electronic speedo and all that, and you're towing it behind the RV, if the key's not on and it's in neutral, then it's not racking up miles.
0: I believe so.
1: Oh, so there you go. I think ignition, have...
0: ignition has to be on for it to record miles.
1: Yeah, yeah. If wheel bearings have 300K on them, but then everything else
0: is good. It's fine. It's a Jeep.
1: It's got unit bearings. You'll know when they fail.
0: It's like uh, like my buddy Randy's Jeep. That thing, that thing has been through hell and back, honestly.
1: Yeah, you, you know, they're quite common to see the JKs now just beat.
0: Yeah, but I, I'm surprised. Like this guy, this guy my buddy, he's got a 2012 Rubicon. Uh it's got the auto uh trans in it. And his T-case gave out, you know, after 2 years of ownership, I think. I mean, granted he was rocking 35s on, you know, the stock axles, but they shouldn't they shouldn't what give out at
1: transfer case again, didn't it?
0: What, fa-
1: what failed in that transfer case again?
0: I can't remember exactly, but like when he took it to his mechanic he was saying that it was just dropping bits and shards of metal everywhere so i can't imagine it being that good but at the same time like it's also normal for you to have like little bits of metal but if he's saying there were chunks and shards then i can't so imagine when he what when talked
1: happened. about it back then it sounded to me like the freaking chain was going to cut through the case but also my xj has 320,000 miles on the same transfer case
0: Oh, I didn't know they use the same exact transfer case. I thought or there was it was same, a different. So it's just a similar
1: style, right? Because it's a yeah. new process chain driven with a planetary and an aluminum case, so it's like the same structure and bones of it, it. But it just has like three times the mileage on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm. I'm not. I'm not concerned about transfer cases going out on this thing if I end up picking it up. I mean, plans with that would honestly be.
1: Also, it's like the easiest mechanical thing to fix.
0: That's true. When I was looking into those uh, interior panels, the trim pieces for the A pillars and all around, it's like $24 a side to like, get them brand new from Chrysler, which is absolutely nuts. I mean, I'm a BMW guy and I cannot find prices like that for anything related to any sort of part for, for anything German, really.
1: This is why I like four liters and X 15s and XJs with 300k on them that cost
0: $500. I mean, I like four liters too, but my four liter <laughs> had lots of issues.
1: <laughs> it was four camshafts. That's why. I- it
0: was just rod bearings, dude. I <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: but- for, for the audience, <laughs> I had a...
1: Communist divide.
0: For the audience, I had a 2011 a BMW M3, which I spent like six years looking for this thing, and finally found the perfect spec it was a space gray metallic on fox red interior with a six-speed manual competition package had the electronic dampening control like all the bells and whistles you could ask for in this thing and bought it from the original owner down in san diego i saw the ad like an hour after it was posted i'm in the san francisco bay area and i immediately just drew drove down to san diego to buy this thing and got it for an absolute steal in my opinion at least especially since they're going up but picked the thing up for 22 grand and some change. And the longest time I got to drive, it was, you know, from San Diego back to my house in the, in the East Bay area. And only drove the thing four times before it ended up in Copart. But I mean, hell, that was, that was not my fault.
1: Definitely not your fault.
0: Yeah. I was, uh, I was driving with my little sister. We were just taking a cruise. The car had been sitting in my garage for you know, well over a week. I think the last time I had driven it was actually when you and I had seen each other because you were visiting from Arizona, right?
1: And- yeah, you and were showing the car off to my dad because he's a BMW guy too. And The funny thing was that his 03 Z4 has the red interior with the, with similar exterior color and everything. So we were looking at the ham, admiring it, you know, because, you know, when that car like that rolls around, you don't see him rolling down the road all the time. So we're, we're loving it, all that. We know how long Ahmad's been looking for it. And then, what was it? A week later,
0: literally a week later. I th- it was actually like, it was exactly six days later. Yeah, uh, That was the next time I drove the car and literally like a 15 minute drive up the road from my house. I'm taking my little sister out for a cruise and we're not doing anything stupid. Like I was planning on it. I'm not going to lie. I was planning on doing stupid things with that car, but <laughs> we had seen three cops pull th- three different people over within the span of two stoplights so i was like you know let me take it easy i don't need to get pulled over don't need a ticket like i just spent a decent amount of money on this thing and uh so we're cruising along doing the speed limit and uh we're going through this valley in between two ridges it turns into a two-lane road and all of a sudden i see an suv about half a mile three quarters of a mile down the road from me with his brake lights on and his hazards on and he's completely dead stopped in the middle of the road so I'm thinking to myself, you know, what's this idiot doing just stopped in the middle of the road? You know, like, you can't be doing that. So I let off the gas. I have a car next to me. So I let off the gas so he can pass me. I check my passenger mirror, look over my shoulder, and uh, use my turn signal like no BMW guy would ever uh, use. I thought you they know. unplugged those. Dude, I was surprised it worked, honestly. but. <laughs> regardless i look back over my shoulder to look in front of the car and all of a sudden there's this massive object in the road so i'm i'm like what what, like what the fuck honestly and (laughs) and all i can do at that point is just swerve and try to avoid it like i couldn't break there was absolutely no time and i end up hitting this object in the road and running, like running completely over it, messed up my suspension, messed up the entire front of the car. Uh, oil's is leaking everywhere, lost oil pressure. I pull over, I see the SUV who had his hazards on pulled over in front of me. And then I, I watch like 10 more cars hit this object in the road. And this Chevy 1500, like one of those uh, LBZ style uh, Chevy pickup trucks pulls over after he hit the thing and he's shouting over to me. He's like, Hey, you're like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm good. But my car is like completely destroyed.
1: Yeah, so we walk over to you in the front end, like so much damage.
0: It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And it, this is my fourth time driving the thing. I'm just heartbroken at this point. Like, you know, my baby, but I go over to the guy who, uh, in, in that Chevy and I'm asking him, I was like, what was that thing, dude? Like, like I thought it was a deer, but He's like, dude, I think, I think that was a body, and I was like, you did not just say that. Like, there's absolutely no way. But it like played back in my head, and I was like, dude. When I looked over my shoulder again to look in front of the car, like, yeah, I saw an object. I thought it was a deer, but I thought to myself, like, deer don't wear green fucking shirts. Like, it, <laughs> like what? Anyways, I'm on the phone with nine one one and you know, all of, all of California police department honestly shows up on scene. And one of the officers who's first on scene, uh, you know, tells me and the guy in the Chevy to stand back while he like goes and checks what it was, he comes back to us and he confirms like, yeah, that's a, that's a dead body. And we're just looking at each other, like, holy crap, like this is not happening. So this woman, we found out later, decided that she was going to take her life, literally parked her car. There's there's no place to park on this road. It's in between two valleys. She parked her car like half a mile or a mile down the road, hiked up the valley and waited for oncoming traffic before jumping into the road and committing suicide. So that SUV that I had watched with his hazards on was the first person to actually hit. And I was the third car. She was, you know, you know rest in peace, but she was well dead by the time I... I had hit, but can you believe it? Like, what are the chances?
1: No, it's crazy. And uh, car went to the body shop. What was it twenty twenty two k quote or what?
0: Yeah, it was just it was just under that. It was like 20, 21250 dollars to repair. And honestly, a lot of that is just because of labor costs in Northern California. Like Northern California body cost or body repair costs and it's just insane because of labor charges i mean you've got experience working at a body shop and i mean you can attest to this like the the rates here are absolutely insane compared to other places in the states
1: oh yeah 100 150 an hour on body labor time you know for and that's for book right so then the guys getting their the shop's getting paid for whatever it Book says it costs and you know it takes him less time than that blah, blah, blah. and I'm, i live in arizona now labor's a fraction of the cost honestly
0: yeah i remember you telling me too like uh the body shop that you used to work out uh when when you guys needed cars painted or anything you said that it was worth it for the owner to send cars down to Arizona to get painted because it was that much cheaper than getting them painted somewhere in California right
1: that was uh that was uh, Jack Dick Customs when he was so the guy who owns that custom shop in the East Bay he also has property in Phoenix um and so com- compared to him taking a car somewhere in the bay area you know a custom car that he's been working on to have a paint job done he would throw it on a trailer and drive 12 hours to phoenix and it was worth it was worth his effort and time to do that
0: i mean that just goes to show like how ridiculous prices are in california i mean
1: oh yeah with small businesses, like,
0: yeah i mean that's that's absolutely ridiculous like i mean i've i've watched a copious amount of small businesses just move out of state. I mean, you could even look at the bigger ones like Tesla, they're moving. They, I mean, they've already moved to, uh, what is it? Sparks in Nevada and they've got their new plant in Austin now too.
1: <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it is what it is. price wise. It's a good, it's good for the guy who uh, owns a shop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, for your BMW, it was not, it was actually funny. We were looking earlier uh, at like copart places around the country since his car salvaged and has gone to auction. And then we're looking for other written off E92s. And the ones in the other states take a lot more damage to get written off, which is kind of a blessing. I guess if you want to buy a wrecked car, buy one in California because it has less damage.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, the ones that we were seeing here around Northern California honestly weren't too bad except for that one that we saw i think was that sacramento or martinez where the 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 front driver's wheel was just completely mangled and like not even oh, on the car anymore
1: i think that was sacramento but yeah the whole knuckle, the wheel bearing everything was still bolted to it it sheared both the a-arms and everything
0: yeah i mean that i'm i'm considering buying my old car back at auction um I mean, it wouldn't be terribly hard to fix. Like the the body shop claimed that there was no frame damage or anything, but my biggest concern was the engine because for those of you that know BMWs out there, you know, the issues with the rod bearings, especially on the, uh, on the M plant cars. Um, for those of you who don't know the rod bearings on those motors had such a tight tolerance from the factory that the crankshaft would essentially, uh, scorch or rub against those bearings and you'd essentially spin a bearing because of the, in- the integrity was getting weakened. And then, you know, that leads to catastrophic failure for your motor. Um, so I was actually planning on getting those done, uh, you know, a week after the crash, but, you know, assuming the crash hadn't happened, but now that the motor has been started after it lost all its oil pressure and had no oil in it, it just kind of makes me worry a little bit more that, you know, the motor might be in pretty bad condition, but it's. I it's think it's a game.
1: The, I think you should buy the car back. They all need rod bearings. I think you should open it up and have a look and go from there.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a gamble, but if I could get it for cheap enough, then I what think would it would be I, worth my time.
1: If you got it for nine, then you technically paid three for it.
0: Yeah, that's right. Because insurance actually ended up paying me out like $34,000 for the car, which was a blessing in disguise, if you could call it that, you know, like, I did get my car for a steal, but for them to give me $34,000 for it was a bit much i did fight for that because you know i showed uh, i showed the insurance company all these statistics on how many cars were produced in that color and you know how many manual transmissions and competition package m3s there were built from you know my specific year of chassis and uh i was able to finesse my way if you will to getting all that money for it so i mean i did walk out making a decent chunk of change so I think it would be like three or four K that I would end up paying for the car. I mean, I don't see myself paying nine grand for it, honestly, because I think that's what the auction paid for it to from the insurance. So they'll at least want to get, you know, a thousand bucks more, but we'll see. It's a waiting game at this point.
1: Yeah, it's just it would be really cool to have an E92 that you have that has all those options that you make drive again that you're in it for three, four grand, you say. And it's then an E92 that you don't have to worry about it in parking lots. You don't have to worry about racking up a bunch of miles on it for resale because that's already out the window. Like you can basically treat it like a E46 330 or something. Like you could just drive it and actually enjoy it without having to worry about the equity of it all the time.
0: Yeah. And that actually reminds me of a guy that I met a couple of weeks back at Thunder Hill Raceway up in Willows. Uh, he had an E46 M3 that was absolutely ripping around the five mile course. And <laughs> when I talked to this guy, he said he had 250,000 miles on the motor and it was all stock besides the rod bearings. He had done the rod bearings three times and that's the only big maintenance item that he had to take care of on that car to keep it going. But Uh, you know stock bottom end stock top uh, stock top end and i mean the thing just kept chugging along so i mean that would be really nice to do with the e92s but i haven't seen one go that high of mileage i mean the highest the highest one i've seen is that one hundred eighty two thousand mile one that's for sale in seattle right now that we were taking a look at uh, earlier today
1: hey well you can be the guy
0: yeah, I mean that would make a story. I mean, what was it a couple of years back? That guy with that I can't remember what kind of Volvo it was, but he was like the first guy to hit a million miles in this old Volvo.
1: <laughs> that sounds about yeah. right.
0: Yeah, uh, it's absolutely crazy. But we were talking about we were talking about Teslas a little bit ago and like you know, them moving to different states and everything like that. But
1: you ever seen a million mile
0: Tesla yet? I don't think I want to. Honestly.
1: <laughs> I think it'll burst into flames.
0: <laughs> Probably. I mean, even looking at like the older hybrid cars, like the Priuses and everything, those things need battery replacements after what, like 150K? Like I don't That's know.
1: Year. It's like a couple, it's a handful of years. So may it be five, may it be eight years, but then the by that time a Prius is not worth anything. So it's not worth putting the thousands of dollars of battery into it. You just go out and buy another one.
0: Yeah, I agree. But I mean, I think, I think the way Tesla developed their batteries or their producer for batteries, I don't know if they've outsourced yet. I know they're in plans for outsourcing a a manufacturer for their batteries now, but uh, I think they're a little bit more reliable than those Toyota batteries, but I could be wrong. I'm not super familiar with them. I'm not super knowledgeable on them, but. Yeah.
1: I don't, you know, you're the days of the days of your Volvo or your 12 valve or your, you know, X name a car doing a million miles over once we go all electric
0: well i mean even being able to modify a car might be coming to an end pretty soon here i mean we have the rpm act that's trying to be signed now because of the epa trying to shut down any sort of you know modification to production cars to make them better honestly
1: yeah to make them perform and you know be a you know, to have a racing series for them or use for recreation or any other thing like that. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're trying to do that as well. They want everyone to do emissions on tuning and emissions on modifications, things like that. They, you know, the diesel world has been dealing with it for a long time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think we'll link it in our description down below. If you want to sign the RPM act and try to save the motorsport, Community in the motorsport world for those of you car enthusiasts, or
1: if you don't sign it, mate, what's that? I said, Don't even listen if you don't sign it, mate. <laughs> that? Sign it,
0: mate. Uh, honestly, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, I think our Zoom session is actually running out of time here in the next minute, so I don't want us to get cut off, but uh, oh, yeah, we'll splice uh, it. Say, we'll splice it. Yeah, we'll do something like that. But let's talk quickly about uh, something interesting that we've seen this week. What do you think has been the car of the week that you've taken a look at? We're always looking at different weird cars here and there uh, on Craigslist or CarGurus, you know, whatever it may be. So what's something cool that you've seen this week?
1: Oh, I think I was doing it for work. I think this was the coolest thing. It is Monday, but um, I think uh, it was a 79 K30. Uh, Chevy. Well, for people listening, it, it was a Chevy one-ton four-wheel drive truck, a single cab with a flatbed for 35 It was asking 35 50 or whatever on Craigslist, which is a pretty cool deal, uh, especially for something with a Kington in unit that's a square body with round headlights. All right, guys, so that's our pilot episode Um, you guys can reach us at it's the overdrive podcast at gmail.com shoot us an email with topics you want to cover cars you want to hear us talk about uh, controversial topics or even if you just have questions about us or our backgrounds and things Um, thanks
0: take care guys we'll see you soon